Blog Talk Radio. Thomas shortly. 
today's topic on Our Own Voices Live is going to be the upcoming Republican presidential debate. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about that. Try to hit it from as many angles as we can. Also, want to reflect back that you know this week, I believe it's the 74th anniversary of the attack on Pearl Harbor, and as it was, uh, I believe it was Monday, and it kind of came and 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 went. And I don't know if there was enough time spent on it, and surely uh, I don't even think I mentioned it. So we're going to talk about that and maybe whatever else that you all want to talk about. And if you want to talk about something, we'd love to have you on the show today. Give us a call at 347-826-9600, We'd love to hear what you all think about our topic today and really anything else you would like to talk about. We're in full effect in December with fall soon leaving us with winter rapidly approaching. And it's kind of interesting because out west we're like having some a cold spell. Even had rain here in Las Vegas yesterday, whereas back east they're talking about 60s and almost 70-degree temperatures. Uh, for you folks back east, it will cool down more into what you traditionally expect this time of year so that you can have your, well, white Christmas. For those of you who like such things, I know always added something a little bit extra when uh, I was a younger person. Just love it. It was just something about the season that made everything better. Kind of, you know what it did? It kind of gave you an opportunity to reflect back and even to, excuse me, to appreciate some things. And usually the main thing that I would appreciate was family. So winter, it is a coming. Uh, Let me tell you a little bit about Our Own Voices Live. Our Own Voices Live is a radio show focusing on people and places right here in Las Vegas, but also someplace near you. Our purpose, our mission here at Our Own Voices Lives is to help bridge the culture and ethnic divide in America by working together to build the greatest bridge in history to unite us. And the way that we do that is with programs like Our Own Voices Live. We also have Our Own Voices, a digital and print magazine. We're Our Own Voices on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Google+, Pinterest, you name it, and it's Our Own Voices. And it's just that, Our Own Three Words. So if you want to look us up, go to Our Own Voices in your search engine. It doesn't make any difference which one you use. You know, there's been a lot of things in the news this week. And we usually like to open up our show. Uh, with some things in the news, which we will do. Uh, but before I get to that, let me also tell you that Our Own Voices Live comes to you every Saturday at 12.30 p.m. on the West Coast. That's 3.30 p.m. for those East Coast listeners, and I appreciate you on the East Coast. I'm originally an East Coast, and I live on the West Coast. So technically, technically, Nevada is sort of landlocked because to the west of us is California. As a matter of fact, I can see the mountains, and on the other side of those mountains is California. 
So technically, we're not right on the coast. There's, you know, we're not going to go swimming in the ocean. Because if we go, have to go to the ocean, we've left the state and we're in California, right? And of all of the states that are next to California but not on the actual coast of California, we are considered West Coast, which is kind of interesting. Now, we used to have a saying back in the day, who rocks the most? And I would have said East Coast. But now that I live <laughs> on the West Coast, when they say who rocks the most, I think East Coast, I think West Coast, but usually I'm silent because I think they both rock. How about that? <laughs> so, of course, as I said, this show is not a show done just by me. It takes effort. It takes work. Sometimes not enough effort and work on my part, but I still we still try to get it in. And that is the other half of this duo, the wonderful Mrs. Angela Thomas. Welcome to the show, Angela. What's up, Rodney? Hey, world. It's good to be here. Another fine, sunny Saturday in Las Vegas. Busy week. Uh, Lots of things yeah. done and doing, and ah, it's just been a lot. So what's going on, man? Glad to be, glad to be uh, back. There, uh, there's just so much. Angela, you actually had a pretty good week, though, and I don't know how much of it you, will, you, you can share, but whatever you're willing to share and can share, please let the folks know what you had going on this week. Well, I had the uh, pleasure of taking um, Needle on the Record into the community this week uh, at uh, the College of Southern Nevada. I did a music business panel uh, starring Chrisette Michelle, and um, it, it was just really great to have the opportunity to bring it to the fifth largest community college in the country and share some uh, great information uh, with the students about uh, the entertainment business and, and just different careers. It's not all, you know, who wants to be in front of the camera or in front of the, the microphone. There are many jobs. She, uh, the, the, the panel featured her fiancé, uh, Doug, uh, Douglas Elson, who is a huge producer. He's produced, he has Grammys, he has platinum records, he's produced uh, Trey Songs, Drake, just a lot of people. I, I, I'm not even doing his list of uh, production accolades, even justice. He's, he's really a very accomplished uh, writer, producer and uh, manager, and in fact is uh, responsible for getting Chrisette Michelle her record deal with Def Jam 10 years ago. And oh, wow. uh, she had her two, her, yeah, she had her tour manager on the panel, panel Miss Queenie, and she goes with Chrisette all over the world plotting, you know, her, her uh, tour calendar and, and schedule and mapping it out. They zip, 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 zip across the globe. Um you know, making sure that her uh, talents are out there and, and expressed. And uh, finally, uh, Sheena, her publicist, was also a part of the panel. And, you know, they all just shared of themselves and of their careers. Uh, Sheena also refer represents uh, uh, Taffy Dollar, Creflo's wife, and a few other 
uh, public figures in the entertainment business. So it, it was interesting. It was an interesting week. Uh, we took care of that on the on the tenth. Chrisette was here to celebrate her birthday, and we just had a great time. Well, that's uh, that's pretty interesting. Well, I actually had a chance, folks, to uh, attend a portion of that, the tail end of it. And well, first of all, I I, I guess I forgot, assuming that I knew that uh, the community college or College of Southern Nevada was the fifth largest community college in the country, which is saying quite a bit. Just coincidentally, the Clark County School District, which Las Vegas is a part of, is the fifth largest school district in the nation. So I guess mm-hmm. it's befitting us if it makes the sense. fifth largest school district <laughs> to have the fifth largest uh, community college uh, here. So that, that's interesting. But what I want to say was you never know who's going to be impacted by these things. And I remember when Angela was talking about it, there was a previous event at Las Vegas Academy, which is a nationally, one of our nationally known high schools here in Las Vegas. And we had a wonderful uh, event there. And then for the same person to be willing to come out and take it down a notch, reach them even earlier, or, or, or reach them again uh, was pretty nice. And I had a chance to talk to one young lady that was in the in the audience, and she was just so enthusiastic because she's a she's a painter. She's a, she told me she was an artist when I asked her why was she there, and she also sings. And I was like, oh wow, you're like a multi thread, huh? And she said she <laughs> it was good to hear the the business side of the business, and that was it, it was important to her as she continues to progress towards whatever she's going to do in her life. So for that, I said, well, I didn't get a chance to talk to any, a bunch of other people. As a matter of fact, this young woman captivated my attention. She's, she's a beautiful young woman to be. She's, she's a teenager mm-hmm. in, in college. Uh, but it was something about her. She was, hey, just take it as I'm saying it. She was very polite. That's nice. Isn't very it nice polite. when you just meet nice people? <laughs> I and love that. She was. It, I mean, she. She. I was so. I was just so enthralled with her. Her manner, and she had manners. Uh, she was nice. well spoken. I was just positive. As a matter of fact, I told her because I've been dealing with. A lot of stuff And it hasn't all been positive And you know when you're dealing with a lot of negative stuff No matter how positive your outlook is No matter how far into the future You can see where it's going to turn better And that you know that there is a better When you're dealing with positive stuff Over a period of time It begins to to weigh on you It, It can be a burden No matter how little or how big And be spending time with her sort of bolstered me. It, it actually helped me deal with some not so positive stuff uh, yesterday that we were trying to turn into a positive. So big shout out to that young lady. Uh, her name is Florence. So nice. Florence, if you're out there, if anybody knows someone named Florence that goes to uh, College of Southern Nevada, it is a beautiful young lady. 
inside and out. And let me tell you that attitude can increase the altitude of your external beauty. That internal beauty makes the external shine that much more. And that's what went that's on so with true. this young lady, Florence. That's so true. That evening. It, I mean, she well, brightened up a, my day. Yeah, I had a goal. Um, I took some classes this semester, and I took a, a media analysis class. And uh, the teacher that teaches it is a uh, a media psychologist. And she had us do. She had she she conducted an experiment on us. But at the beginning of the semester, she had us do a media diet log where we logged in all of the media that we consumed. And I just realized I consume a lot of media, Rodney. I'm not gonna say what my number was, like the amount of hours a week. But let's just right. say it's a full time job oh, really? <laughs> consuming all this media. But I had a goal um, after really observing my, my media diet and, and, and learning about pararelationships and, you know, all of the different things we develop uh, in consuming um, media, uh, I had a goal to take some of what I do with media, my podcast, for example, take it to the real world. So, you know, I appreciate Chrisette for uh, needing my services, and I appreciate Ashton uh, Ridley for giving me an opportunity to put, you know, to put it together uh, with him and the staff, uh, Jamila, uh, over at CSN. And it was nice to take the podcast into the community. So thanks a lot, Las Vegas. Thanks a lot, CSN. Thank you so much, Chrisette Michelle. Oh, that's, that's good. And this is where we can, you know, we can kind of bridge that gap of where, Entertainment can be productive. You know, sometimes we think of entertainment as just, you know, when I want to kind of relax, get away from stuff, and but and 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 that's a useful purpose and that can be good. But too much of anything tends to be bad for us. And like most things, we tend to, as you mentioned earlier, without even knowing it, get too much (laughs) of it. So it's good when you can take that particular thing and turn it into uh, something positive. Sure. Well, that was the intention, and I'm glad that, uh, you know, the students got a lot out of it. I I was saying uh, to Jamila, uh, one of the coordinators there, that when I first moved here, I didn't know anything about this community. So I signed up just for a class, just to have some place to go and something to do in my new community, and CSN was – so responsible for um, just helping me get settled in this community. Um, so I always wanted to give something back, and I, I intend to continue to contribute. It's a great institution filled with nice, young, supple minds, and I'm glad to help a little bit. Mm, okay. Well, you definitely helped uh, Florence out there. She was, uh, and, and then in the process of doing that, uh, was able to share some things uh, about college and uh, uh, tuitions, scholarships. Uh, and as, as you remember, when we were at the, I believe it was the NAACP uh, con- National Convention a couple of years ago right here in Las Vegas, we had the chance mm-hmm. to meet up with a young lady 
who was, if you wanted to go to school, she said she could get you a scholarship. And one of the things that we have and to do And if you've been to school, is, she can help you get some of that student loan debt forgiven. Which is big because there's a whole yeah. bunch of debt out there. And uh, right. so I was, so it gave me an opportunity to share some things like that with her because, you know, she's a good student. She wants to get an advanced education, but why sure. get an advanced education with the debt when you don't have to? So really mm-hmm. that your event yesterday gave me an opportunity to connect and network with someone who quite possibly I would not have had that opportunity to do with had it not been for your event. So kudos to, to you as well as your guests. Yeah, that's the great thing about community colleges and colleges in general in our communities. They are usually great connectors. So, you know, right on. That's that's what we should be doing at our um institutions of high learning in our in our neck of the woods. So great. I'm glad the young people enjoyed it. I certainly enjoyed uh being a part of it. And folks, please be in contact with your young people. Be in contact with the young people. Now, if you don't have any young people in your life, find you some. Yeah. <laughs> if you have some in your life, whether they're immediate relatives, maybe even some friends, make that establish that bond. Talk to them, share, and try to do it as young as possible. When I say as young as possible, it is okay to talk to the belly. It is okay. <laughs> now, I'm being somewhat uh, humorous here, but I'm just trying to show you because I, I, I reflect back at a meeting that I had with some young folks who were motivated due to the shooting and killing of a local team at Mojave High School. And what they were saying was how many of these young people don't have an adult in their lives that they trust. That they and because trust. they don't have an adult in wow. their lives. Many of them don't have an adult in their lives, believe it or not. Many of them are homeless, or quite a few of them are homeless. But there's wow. also some who have a home, maybe a parent. The lucky few have two parents living with them. But they were saying that a good many of these young people And these are young people who have gotten in trouble, have told them, and the experience has been that they don't have an adult figure in their life that they trust. Imagine what it must be like for a child who the first person that they're able to open up to is their uh, probation officer. If it gets to that wow. point that the child is just opening up for the first time, really, and it's to their probation officer, that means they've already went past a certain point, and now we're trying to get them back. So that was uh, that really touched me. That's just one of those one of those weights that fell on my scale uh, this week. But yes, yeah, so go and find you go and find you a young person. And I know that you all have lives. You may have your own young people for you lucky ones. And for those of you who have your own young people, 
it is okay to pour into them as much that you have good to offer them. It's okay. Spoil them with knowledge, not with things, not with trinkets, but spoil them with knowledge. You, your life will, your life will be so much better because of the lack of issues that you will have to deal with with them, and their lives will be better than they will ever know. And I realize that some of them, because you poured into them and their lives are good, they don't quite realize what it took to get them to where they are, and they may not appreciate your efforts, but you know what they are, and be happy with what you know to be true. So what else did you have going on, Angela? I mean, that was actually plenty. It's just been a full week of putting together, uh, this was finals week, so I finished my finals and, you know, passed my, got my lessons, passed my great, passed my classes and, you know, um, getting some work done, unexpected work done on the house. Uh, I had a little bit of an uh, electrical issue and, you know, I just want to praise them. Because I'm still here, the family's safe, the house is fine, and everything is being fixed. But when you think about, you know, how skin of the teeth uh, close you 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 come to calamity. Sometimes you can't help but stop and be grateful. And you know, I just wanted to to say I'm grateful that. A scary thing happened, but it wasn't anything I couldn't get through. And thank God I got a good friend like Rodney. You know, I called you and I told you, look, I, I got an electrical situation going on, and you you helped me straight away to, you know, find someone who had some expertise. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. It was a scary situation, but it's all right now. All right. Well, you are quite welcome. I'm glad I could be of assistance. But, you know, Angela, what you hit on, though, is one of the things that, that I, I do tell young people, and I I share it with them because I want to plant that seed. Sure. And that is the power of corporate knowledge is none of us know it all, even though sometimes we think we do and act like it, <laughs> including myself, mm-hmm. but none of mm-hmm. us know it all. And it is good. And it is beneficial to have people in your life who may know something more than you in general or may know something different, which is obviously more than you in that particular area. And right. to be able to call on it. And I would really, you know, this is another area that builds up in individual and groups of people is when you can reach out to others and get help, whether it's physical help, uh, intellectual help. Sometimes we just need help uplifting our spirit. It could be spiritual mm-hmm. help. It could it could be help in many areas. And one of the things I learned at BNI uh, when I was uh, a much more active participant there was sometimes you have needs, but your needs go unmet because you did not share what your need was. Yeah. There's a phrase that says, closed mouths don't get fed. And it's taken me years to quite get what that meant. But the, here's something. If I need a thing, 
and I'm around a bunch of people, especially a bunch of people that's talking, and I never tell anyone of the thing that I needed, whether it's a physical thing, it's a service, it's something. And then I leave and find out later that, and have y'all ever had that, where you had a need of something and then you found out later on that there was somebody there? The need was right there at the table with you. (laughs) To sort of satisfy that Unfortunately, yes, I've had that experience. (laughs) Well, what what B&I teaches you is, hey, if you're around a bunch of people and you need something, let them know what you need. If there's nobody there that can help you, okay, there's no one there that can help you. Maybe as they're going through their week, because you've said that, they and they run into somebody who could satisfy your need, they can connect you. They right? make it happen. But maybe there's right. someone right there at that particular moment who could help you. So I'm not. we're not talking begging, anything like that. We're just simply talking about sharing. Believe it or not, some people have a need to give whatever it is, whether it's a thing, information, whatever. Some people actually have a need to do that. Well, by you sharing what your need is, gives them an opportunity to share their need, and now you're both fulfilled. That's what happens when you share what it is that you need. And I would encourage us, to be a little more open. And you don't have to get all into your personal business unless it's somebody that you know really close. But it's okay to share some of the things that you need. Get rid of the pride and share what you need. There may be someone out there who has a need to satisfy your need. So that's some of the... True that. Diane's always lived the exciting life with all of the entertainers (laughs) and celebrities. You saw me running like a, a, a crazy person. That couldn't have looked fun. <laughs> all, all, all of the glamour, you know, she she had the glamour angle going on. And uh, I was like, oh, that's my friend right there. Mm-hmm. So, so You know, pull it together uh, every now and then. As long as you can pull it together every now and then, everything's all right. And, and you know, ladies, maybe <laughs> it's my age showing, but sometimes when I see Angela, so, so there was the one glamour Angela Thursday. So I see her at yes. the gathering, and she has a whole, as the young people say, another a whole jush. Another look. Yes, I have a whole so another jush for you. You won't even, my brother, my older brother calls me face for that very reason, because I really can, you won't know. <laughs> I, I like, can transform you, yes. I, I said, when Michael comes home, he must wonder, all right, which Angela's going to be there today. That's uh-huh. right, complete with new languages and everything. <laughs> French, Spanish, what you need, that puppy. <laughs> 20, t- 25 right. strong, you better keep it. You better keep it interesting. <laughs> so, yeah. All right, now. Uh, so, <laughs> now, now today's show, uh, the topic that we were going, we were going to do, as many of you know, uh, we had said that on, on the uh, second uh, Saturday of every month, we're going to do a relationship show. And things uh, didn't work out for the relationship show this week, so we don't know when that's going to be back. Uh, but um, we love the relationship show. I know you all love the relationship show, and hopefully we'll be able to get that back on the air as soon as possible or another one. And we're constantly looking for opportunities to bring things to you all that, that you need. There's a new Facebook group out there called uh, sexual empowerment, 
And the, mm. don't let the name deceive you. Because remember, when we talk about males and females, we're talking about, the, you know, male and female. So sexual right. empowerment in this particular case, it's not necessarily about the physical act of sex. It is more about the relationship of the sexes. So it's a little play mm-hmm. on words. And, I mean, yeah, they may talk about sex, but all, really what it's about is relationships. And I've, uh, I've been a member of the group. Uh, I'm sort of going silent in the group, but I did try to establish a little bit of a presence, and now I, I sort of listen or, or monitor a lot of what goes on in the group. And I'm going to see if uh, I can get those folks to come onto the show and share why they came up with the group. And, and you know, it's, it's young earth people, and that's okay. And one of the things I noticed is there's a bunch of relationship groups, and it's like our younger people, and it's not just them, but it's quite telling that these are typically tend to be people in their 30s uh, and lower with a smattering of some others in there like myself, but primarily it's your, it's your 30s and, and lower. And they, I've noticed, I don't even remember how many relationship groups I belong to now, uh, both physical and digital. But they're mm-hmm. asking. It, it's the thing that what gets me is that they're asking the question. And a lot of the questions they ask seem to be pretty basic to me, but I'm realizing they're not basic to them. And the more groups, and of course this is not scientific, it's just my own observation, but the more of these groups that I keep seeing popping up, it tells me that there's more of these people out there who aren't getting what they think, what what they know that they need. So they're coming up with these groups and they're talking amongst themselves. Again, this goes back to what I said earlier, that corporate knowledge, corporate learning, because maybe one doesn't know, but another one does. But invariably, and they do share, but they still tend to have a ceiling just because of life's experiences, right? Mm -hmm. And when they get to that point, that's when things sort of change, and eventually the groups die down a little bit because they have a yearning. But the yearning that they then have once they have done their corporate sharing, corporate knowledge, they have that, but they want more. But they're not really in a position because of their life's experience at the moment to to provide what they need. Again, this is another reason why it's important to have a young person in your life. Now, typically when we talk about young people, we think about, oh, we're talking about teenagers, tweens, preteens. But if you're 70, so, for example, Sam Smith, was in his 70s. I'm right. in my 50s. I'm a young person to Sam Smith. I was. And mm-hmm. I looked at him as an elder and experienced person. And though I didn't always agree with what he said, I wanted to be fertile ground for him to plant his seed. And so that the good seed would take hold and grow in me. And so if you're 50, then someone in their 30s is a young person to you, right? Well, if, if you right. have another young person in your life, then reach out to that person in their 30s because they need what you have. Now, I am not going to say they're going to listen. I'm not going to say they're going to have respect for you. But if they're at least willing 
to allow you in their presence. Now, technically it should be the other way around, but I'm just sharing my experiences right now. If they are willing to allow you to be in their presence and if they are willing to have conversations with you and ask you questions, then please, by all means, embrace them and answer their questions. And in your answering the questions, realize that some of the things you say, they're not going to like. Some of the things you say are going to be opposite of their mindset. And some of the things you say just going to downright piss them off. But as long as they're still asking you questions and there's an opportunity for dialogue, please take that opportunity to share with them. If mm-hmm. you can share with them on their level, so to speak, by all means do that. But if where you are is where you are, then share with them as you are. It is up to them. You know, here's the thing. So let's say I had a million dollars right now. And I took that million dollars and I folded it up and bundled it and put it in a nice gift wrap package and gave it to you. You would readily accept that million dollars, right? Now let's right. say you gift wrapped I, it. I have a million right. dollars and the bills are worn. Oh, I got some of them in plastic garbage bags, maybe garbage cans, maybe even used garbage cans, but it's still a million dollars. And I bring that. I bring a bunch of them garbage cans to your door. Are you going to accept it? Or are you going to complain that it's in garbage bags and garbage cans? Now, I don't know what your answer is. Angela, what would you do? God, why you got to put it in garbage cans? No, I was sending it back. You you, 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 you you gotta send that to the dry cleaner, man. No, I can't do that. That's not cool. That's not nice. Okay, so Angela says if you bring her a million bucks in some garbage cans, she's not accepting it until it goes to the dry cleaner. That's, that's reasonable, okay. right? Because <laughs> I'm telling you, if somebody bring that million bucks to me, <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you garbage can or not, <laughs> I just became a million dollars richer. As a matter of oh. fact, I might take that garbage can or garbage uh-huh. cans, I guess, and those garbage bags, and I'm not counting it, take it directly to the bank. And let them go through that garbage can and those garbage bags and count that money so that's their job. I suppose I know, that's, a, that's I an approach. I suppose and that's the, an approach. <laughs> because because they're going to want it. And right. sometimes uh, what the young people, I, I've heard them say it, that, you know, that there's a couple of things that they say, of uh, many. And one of them is, well, I don't like the way, I don't like the way you talk. I don't like the way you give it. And, I'm, and I, I thought about it, and if you change it up for once, then you meet someone else, and what you change it up to, they, they tell you, I don't like how you said that. So I'm not hmm. going to listen. And I thought, but I, just, I thought this one over here liked it this way. Well, I don't know what you like. I am who I am, so I can only give it to you as I know to give it. So tell me how you like it. 
Now, right. if they tell me how they like it and it is something that I can do and I'm willing to do because sometimes I'm not able to do it or sometimes I'm not willing to do it, the knowledge is still the knowledge. So what they're telling me is they want to refuse this knowledge that I'm gifting to them. Well, in the past, I used to fret about that. Not only did mm-hmm. I fret about that, but then I tried to, well, dang, what, what do I need to do to give it to you? Right. At this point in my life, I don't fret about it anymore, and nor do I spend a whole lot of time trying to be who I'm not. I give it to them if they give me an opportunity, as I know how right. to give it to them, and then I keep stepping. And if they want more, they can reach out to me. Now, I know some people say, well, that's me, right? Well, maybe it is, but here's a reality. I have it. They need it. If they want it, what are they willing to do to get it? Mm-hmm. And if they're not willing to listen to me in my cantankerous self, apparently, <laughs> and I'm trying to give them what I've been blessed to have, and they I need to move it. On to the, yeah, I have to move on to the next one because there's somebody else that's ready. That's ready and willing to do what they need to do to receive it. You know, I kid about sending the money to dry to the dry cleaner, but you know, in all seriousness, you know, is is it used to be, you know, my grandmother was a very firm woman. She had a lot of firm friends. You you did what was asked of you, uh, you showed up ready, you know. So I, I think, you know, I was watching a, a news program and they were talking about uh, professors are really getting upset with uh, the young people that are showing up on the college campuses because they don't know how to get stuff together like they – like the the professor literally said, "What are you guys raising a a bag of marsh you know a bunch of marshmallow children? They can't handle anything. Um, you have to be able to experience different styles of parenting. Um, my mother had a very good friend who believed in that that children need to get outside of their their parents. Um, wing and experience other adults and learn different ways to rise to their best self. So, you know, it's important because the world is not soft and, and marshmallowy. It's kind of rough out there. Uh, yes, it's definitely the world is tough. And I, I think that, you know, sometimes I, I want to help people. I really do those who I have something to contribute that would be a benefit to them. Like the young lady at the event Thursday. And Mm -hmm. it it made me feel good and she was willing to accept it. You know, as this young lady actually, uh, I was carrying some stuff and she actually opened the door for me. Nice. I mean, I was just so nice by the young woman that it it uplifted my, my spirit and it helped improve my outlook for some time. I just want to go away and not come back. And uh, hearing, you know, seeing and hearing her, because sometimes it can only take one. It can only take one yeah, it to, can be. to 
can make you smile, and sometimes to, it can to tip only be one to turn it upside down. All it takes right. is one, and she was the one that helped uh, put the smile there and broaden it, and even energized me through today. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's going on in the news this week. Uh, we have yeah. Donald Trump staying in the news. Uh, one mm-hmm. of the things we're going to talk about in a minute is the presidential, uh, I believe it's the fifth Republican presidential debate that's happening here in Las Vegas, and I think this is the second one in Las Vegas. Uh, right. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, but before we move on any further, I do want to acknowledge that this is a week that should be commemorating the beginning of America's entry into the Second World War. And as a child, this was still, this week and the day was still a big deal. People still talked mm-hmm. about it. It was quite relevant in almost our daily lives. And what I'm talking about is December 7, 1941, which we just passed that date this week, was a day that a world-renowned leader said that it was a day that will live in infamy. So, no, it's not famous. It's infamous. And it was due to the attack of uh, the Hawaiian island uh, that was a territory of the United States. And it was the home base of the United States 7th Fleet. So it was a large uh, fleet, large group of ships, and it was attacked. Many lives were lost, but many heroes were made with many stories told of their exploits afterwards. And it was also an opportunity at a time in America where we didn't think of uh, blacks as being courageous and maybe not even patriotic. And that that was a time when we had black people who later uh, was awarded for their heroism with the Congressional Medal of Honor. And it did a lot to bring about, believe it or not, integration of the military. There were some other factors, but that was a contributing factor. It was also a time that is reminiscent of today when our country, not only did we respond militarily to the attack of Pearl Harbor, and what I'm talking about is the attack of Pearl Harbor in Hawaii, the home of the Seventh Fleet, but it it also brought about a directive by President uh, Roosevelt which, as many great things as he's known for, this is one of the things that is mentioned but not normally associated with him. But he was responsible for 10 internment camps of Japanese Americans. Now, we also fought the Germans, but there, as best as I can discern, there were no German internment camps. But there were Japanese internment camps. And we're going to talk. We I actually have a show planned for I believe it's April. That's going to talk about my visit with Japanese Americans 
who were in the camp. Had I had my thinking cap on, maybe I would have even tried to have some of them on the show today. But this is about the attack on America, though, and America's response to it and the lives that were lost. For those of you who were living when 9-11 happened, many people referred to it as the modern-day equivalent of Pearl Harbor. And the reason being is because we were attacked on our homeland. Now, really, up until that centers were bombed once before, but there was, you know, it didn't have the same impact, right? It was an attack, yes, but it didn't have the same impact in a loss of life. Well, Pearl Harbor had a great impact because it was a loss of life. It was a loss of material in ships, and ultimately it's what sort of pushed an isolationist America into world affairs, and that's where we've been ever since. I wanted to, I made that last statement because there's many people, even in the Republican uh, presidential contenders, that talk about isolationists and isolationists as if somehow if America minds their own business, those others in the world will leave America and Americans alone. Now, we were isolationists by the very nature of the founding of this country. But we are forced into a more robust world activity through the world wars. Because after World War I, the war to end all wars, the idea was, well, we shouldn't have any more wars. Then shortly after World War II, there was a Korean War. Then right on the heels of that, there's Vietnam. Then we had a nice lull in the action. And then, of course, we've had the Gulf Wars, which we're still uh, in. But the attack on Pearl Harbor, to me, and this is a good thing about talking to old elders and also knowing some history and researching, the attack on Pearl Harbor tells me, tells me that it makes no difference whether America's here in the homeland minding its own business or not, someone is going to come after us, just like the Japanese Empire did, launched us into World War II. So the attack on Pearl Harbor really changed America and its role in the world every since. And a part of what I'm saying is there's, we have a lot of might, we have a lot of economic clout and power, so there's going to be some person, some group, some organization, some country, some place in the world that is going to want America to flex that, that muscle to help them. And if we're isolationists, we may refuse to do that. Now, maybe there's some calamity that befalls those who are asking us for help. And because they face calamity afterwards and they attribute it to us not helping, now they don't look so favorably on us and they're out to get us. Not because of our action, but because of our inaction. Ultimately, it will make little difference whether we stay in these shores that surround us with Canada at our north, or whether we're actively participating in world affairs, someone 
will dislike us and someone will be coming to get us. That is our reality. And it has been our reality since we've been a country, really. But it has ramped up. So I did want to take some time to reflect back on World War II and specifically what launched us into the World War that day that will live in infamy, December 7th, 1941. Some of you may have relatives who are living. Some of you may be blessed even more to have relatives who are living and that can share their stories or will have shared their stories with you. To those relatives, at your next visit, and hopefully it will be so, because they want some company too. And for those who are willing to share, ask them to share their stories with you. Ask them to share their stories of if they were there at Pearl Harbor, if they participated in World War II or any war. And even if they weren't in a war, but they lived during that time, ask them to share what it was like, because it was a unifying time in this country for many. And ask them what was that like, especially in a time today where our country seems to be divided up into so many factions. Get those older, elder people, those seniors to share with you. Sometimes we get so caught up in the how things are today that we forget that they weren't always like this, better or worse. So December 7, 1941, the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor and it was listed as a day that would live in infamy. Hmm. That set in for a minute. So you're listening to Our Own Voices Live. Our Own Voices Live sends you every Saturday at 12.30 p.m. on the West Coast. That's 3.30 p.m. on the East Coast. Today's topic, uh, it's kind of a little smorgasbord. A little general thing, but I do want to hit the upcoming Republican presidential debate. And I had wanted to discuss a little bit about December 7th, 1941, as this is the week that commemorates the 74th anniversary of the attack on America's homeland on Pearl Harbor, which is a part of the Hawaiian island chain. Find a vet, hug a vet. Especially if they're a vet from that particular war. from that, Or just a person from that particular era. Uh, one of the other topics that we want to talk about, we want to talk about the presidential debate, debates. As I mentioned, right here in Las Vegas. And there's been a lot of controversy over some comments from Donald Trump. So what's new about that, right? (laughs) And there's even been the the discussion of some in the Republican Party of a brokered convention, as they do every uh, presidential cycle. But this one is a little different because of the sheer sheer number of Republican candidates actively campaigning or campaigning and also because Donald Trump a non-establishment guy who says some things that riles up 
the establishment of the Republican Party. So some of those in the Republican Party came together to talk about what they could do to prevent Donald Trump from getting the nomination. So now there is talk of Donald Trump and Ben Carson possibly leaving the Republican Party and running on the independent ticket. Now, whether they'll run together, I don't know about that. But think about that. How would that impact the the race? Because then what you would have is whoever the Republicans pick as their nominee, who may or may not have more delegates than Trump and or Carson, and who may not have won as many primaries as Trump or Carson. What would that do to the Republican Party? What would that do to the Republicans' chance of winning? And how would that impact who would win the overall race? Now, some people say that that would make it easy for the Democrats to win. Some people say that if Trump stays on the ticket, it would make it easier for, even if he won the presidency, it would make it easier for the Democrats to win the House and the Senate back. I don't know that. And I would ask you all, give us a call, 347-826-9600, 347-826-9600. Press option one to talk. I want to know, do you think that we have been better off this political cycle by having Carly Fiorina, by having Ben Carson, and by having Donald Trump? Vying for their party's nomination Has the conversation Been different And better Or broader By having those outsiders Carly Ben Carson And Donald Trump Carly Fiorina Have the conversations been more robust Now Donald Trump all the time Says that immigration Was not a topic until he Talked about it Well, when the terrorist attack happened in San Bernardino, Donald Trump started talking about, hey, maybe we need to stop letting people in this country right now. I thought about what happened during Carter's time in in the presidency. I thought about uh, some things with, of course, the Japanese. Uh, You know, we have the thing with Eisenhower back in the day. And my first thought, and I I shared this with Angela, was if I was in charge, I would immediately call whoever's in charge of the visa program and tell them to shut it down until we can verify our processes and find out possibly how this woman slips through. What do we need to do? A, stop anybody else, 
be to find out are there more like her and then C, put things in place that will help us do a better job to interdict these people before they come into our country. Now, that is what I thought. I, of course, because it's my thought, don't think it's a racist thought, don't think it's a xenophobic thought. Just think, hey, there's something that happened and something pretty bad, and we need to get a handle on it. I do believe that America is that shining city on the hill. It is that beacon of light that we're out in stormy waters that guide it to safe shores. I do see that. I don't know if pausing to ensure that we can continue to be that is a bad thing. So Donald Trump does not always say things like I like, and I definitely don't agree with all that he said. But I do think sometimes and wonder if some of the conversations that have been robust conversations, if we would have had those conversations had he not been in the race. You know, Ben Carson said something that he was ridiculed for. And maybe it was the timing of it, or maybe it was just people trying to make news. But he talked about us changing our mindset. And I think we need to do that. And he says, paraphrasing, if I'm with a bunch of people and there's an active shooter killing us one by one, I'm going to die anyway. So why not, together with some more folks in the same situation, and charge the person or do something to try to stop the person? And he was ridiculed for that. And that's that's that political correctness that a lot of the people who follow Donald Trump and support him seemingly to the end, that's a part of why they're with him. Because they do want someone to say things, to get them to think, and maybe that it's not the average thing to say, but it's important. Because here's the thing. And I'm going to draw the – I think it's a parallel. You guys help me out. Flight 93 did not crash into a building. Now, there's conspiracy theorists that says it didn't crash into a building because it was shot down. Don't know that. What we do know from reports is that they had heard that there were other planes hijacked and it crashed into American targets, one of them being the World Trade Center. And they knew that their plane was hijacked. And what they decided to do was, according to reports, prevent their airplane being used to kill other people. Now, they knew they were going to die or that they had a good chance of it. But they decided to do something to try to prevent other people from dying. And there's a phrase that President Bush coined, and it was very popular at the time, and it was, let's roll, because that was what the person who supposedly was one of the leaders of this activity said right before going after the attackers, the hijackers. Let's roll. Well, isn't what Ben Carson said very similar to that? Is let's roll. Hey, I'm here. What am I going to do? I have options. Beg for my life, right? And 
usually the begging doesn't work. Uh, the pray hasn't worked for everyone, right? So what is wrong with us? As a matter of fact, we're going to do a show, and we're going to do, hopefully do it soon. And we're going to talk about what we should do and can do during an active shooter situation. Can and should do during an active shooter situation. And I think this is an important topic. Now, I don't know, and I'm not saying that anybody should be Randall, but if you're going to die anyway, and it looks like you you have, there are options. And also, the discussion, which may be why some people support Donald Trump, has come immediately from the left on the whole gun debate. Particular instance, we talk about guns and why we need more gun control laws when California has some of the strictest gun control laws in the country. Yet these people were able to get guns. And I just want to share, I want to share with you that the restriction on assault weapons are more cosmetic than reality. So the same weapon that's considered an assault weapon laid next to the non-assault version of it has the same power to kill you. Okay, so I went down from a 15 or 30 magazine clip to a 10 magazine clip. Yes, that is a difference. It still fires the same 10 at the same rate that it fires the 30. Now, there's going to be a break in the action because that person is going to have to reload you know, drop the magazine out and install another magazine to have it. This couple had a whole bunch of So they, regardless of the law, they people were still going to die. And people did die with California having the most one of the most restrictive gun laws in the country. So what I'm saying is gun laws truly will keep me from getting a gun, but it doesn't keep the bad guy from getting a gun. They got their weapon, killed a bunch of people with those weapons in California. Oh, by the way, there's a movie out called Chirac, and it's part of what that movie is about, even though I'm told it's a satirical take on it, is about gun violence in Chicago. Well, guess what? Chicago has some of the highest gun violence in this country, and it also has some of the most restrictive gun laws. And look at D.C., so laws aren't what's going to do with it. I would question, and, and I think that and this is, you know, where Donald Trump and, and Ben Carson tend to get in trouble with the news media and those who follow parties. It's really much wrong with having a discussion on what we should do during an active shooter event. Is it just duck and cover, or is it duck, cover, run, you know, escape or take action to defend yourself. I really think we need to have that discussion. When these people come in, you know, one of the things that they probably don't have a fear of is anything happening to them. I think we should look at the no, uh, the gun-free zone. 
Not to say that we need to change it, but I think we should look at it. And sometimes what Donald and these others are saying is we need to look at it. And oftentimes you hear him say, well, we're going to look into that. We're looking at that. And maybe it's political sidestepping, but maybe it really is the truth. Maybe we should look at it. Maybe what Ben Carson said, Dr. Ben Carson said about, hey, maybe instead of just waiting to die, if I can't escape, if I can't barricade myself away from them, maybe I should take action. Remember Flight 93. Let's roll. The gun laws didn't stop those terrorists in California from getting guns and inflicting the most deaths on this country since 9-11 in the Terrorist Act. Think about that. This was two people. And since 9-11, 14 years ago, basically, they inflicted the second highest number of casualties in a terrorist act, two people, a man and a woman. And they've been plotting and planning this at least since 2012, and they didn't get caught. Now, mind you, for those people who are talking about bringing back the NSA surveillance program, this happened while we had the NSA surveillance program. It just went out of effect a few days before this couple did this shooting and this massacre in San Bernardino. It is just, and they didn't catch it. So how effective is it really? We should be able to talk about that. Now, as far as rounding up, of, you know, there's, oh, we're going to start the Japanese internment camps, so if it's going to be a political, I don't see that happening. I do believe that President Bush and of all people, Dick Cheney, says about, you know, Muslim Islam is not our enemy. It isn't. Those who pervert Islam into the radicalized, really bastardized version of Islam, those are the enemies. And those are the ones that we need to be talking about, focusing on. In order to defeat ISIS, and especially ISIS in America, because eventually there will be some group calling themselves ISIS in America. In order to to defeat them, we need the help of Muslim Americans. So instead of ostracizing them, we need to embrace them. In embracing them, though, as Americans, there's an expectation of acting as Americans, just as the Japanese acted as Americans. So, no, and luckily there has been no talk of internment camps. That's just more news, hoopla and hype, right, for the ratings. Thank goodness. What some of them have said is we need to maybe pause. We need to look and reexamine. And I think we need to pause. We need to look and we need to examine. We need to do it. We need to look at our immigration policies as a whole. So these debates are coming up. And the candidates sort of come in and they go out. I would love for them to do a town hall. We have what? Nine different candidates, 12, 13 different candidates 
and I have not heard of one town hall. Maybe we should put together a town hall and then invite them to the town hall, and let's see who comes out. And not to be mean-spirited, I think that's kind of productive, and it's, and it's rude, to be honest. Manners, just talking about the young lady earlier. How about if we ask them, what are you going to do for this? What are you going to do for that? Things that, you know, national security and home defense is very important. But, you know, we still have a home foreclosure problem here in Las Vegas in Nevada and other places in the country as well. We still have a wealth gap. We know that that's one of the contributing factors that radicalize people. Even though this couple didn't seem to be involved in that, they're outliers, but there's always going to be exceptions. It doesn't negate the rule. So maybe we should really look at having a town hall, inviting the candidates out, and see if anybody comes. And if somebody comes, how about we ask them substantive questions? I'm not saying these other things aren't substantive. But let's ask them, hey, we need light rail here in Nevada. How, how can we get it? Let's ask them for ideas and solutions. And where we have solutions, let's give them solutions. Yes, we want to ensure that we do something about the education system. We're not talking about money, but who would support integrating and incorporating African-American history and culture throughout all curriculum like European history is? Here's the reason why. Here's the benefit. And see who, which one of them would go for it. Can we do something like that right here in Las Vegas and wherever else that they'll go to next? Maybe we should take control over it a little bit. The candidates talk about the news stations having control and says that it takes it out of the kind of dem- democratic process. Well, okay, the people, it's more of us than their candidates. It's more of us than there are news bureaus. What's our agenda? What does, you know, they always say the people want this and the people want that. Well, when does they and the media come to us to ask us what we want? How about we? invite them in and share with them what we want. That would be a change-up. Just like they have the Republican outliers with Donald Trump and Ben Carson and Carly Fiorina, and it's sort of causing the establishment Republicans to have some issues, maybe the people need to do the same thing. And instead of them always telling us, how about we tell them? Instead of them asking and then answering rhetorically for us, how about we actually give them answers for questions that they ask and also for things that we need. thought it was very important to talk about the upcoming presidential debate. We'll do a post-debate show on if there was anything significant. Because we are going through trying times in this country. I think that this period may be being the trials, the trials period, because we're going through a bunch. We're going through them with our youth. We're going through it with radicalization. We're going through it with these terrorist attacks. We're going through it with the economy. We're going through it with education. Our military is changing. 
you know, this is, these are trying times. And what's that phrase about trying times? Doesn't it help build character? So it is not what we're going through now per se, but it's how we deal with what we're going through. And then how do we come out on the other side once we go through it? Because we will get through it. We We actually have no choice. Either we get through it or we are no longer American. Thank you all for taking the time to listen to Our Own Voices Live. I want to thank you for taking a moment to reflect back on that day that would live in infamy. As a child, those words rang so loud and so true. Do they actually live in your mind today, young or old? Does the attack on Pearl Harbor mean anything to you today? 9-11, many of our younger people weren't born when that happened. Many of our younger people were of a certain age when it happened. How does it impact them today? Does it have the same impact today as the attack of Pearl Harbor had on me of roughly 35 years afterwards? And what does that say about us? Have we become so desensitized that things like that don't matter to us after just a little while? We are changing, and our culture is changing. That's the nature of culture. It's ever-changing. Are we morphing into what? This is Our Own Voices Live. I am one of your hosts, Rodney Smith. My co-host is Anza Thomas. We'll be back next week. Today's topics were December 7th, 1941, the attack on Pearl Harbor, remember, and also about the upcoming presidential debate being held here in Las Vegas. I believe it's the fifth one. What do we want from the candidates? What do we expect? What will we provide? My suggestion was, let's have our own town hall. We'll be back next week. You can go to Our Own Voices Live on Facebook and leave further comments and continue the discussion. You can also find us on Twitter. Uh, We have Our Own Voices, and we have Our Own Voices on YouTube. Any place, we try to be there. And if we're not there, we will be there, Our Own Voices. Today you've been listening to Our Own Voices Live. It comes to you every Saturday at 12.30 p.m. on the West Coast, 3.30 p.m. back east. Thank you all for listening. Hopefully you'll have a great weekend. I finally have my computer up so I can go and do my schoolwork that I'm behind in. So I hope to catch up. Thank you all for listening to us, and I hope you have a good week. Until next week, bye-bye.